Father, do we ask for the teaching ministry of your Holy Spirit that we really understand what you have to say here and we receive it into our hearts and lives and be changed by it and give you more glory because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there's this guy and he was just laying in the grass and he's looking up in the sky and he's seeing all the different clouds and seeing the different shapes and he just decides he's going to talk to God. So he says to God, he says, uh, God, uh, how long is a million years? And God answers him, says, in my frame of reference, it's about a minute. And so he thought about that for a moment and said, God, how much is a million dollars? And God said, well, to me, it's about a penny. The man thought a little bit longer and said, God, can I have a penny? And God said, in a minute. <laughs> well, as Christians, we're going to be eternally rich, obviously. But how do we succeed now? How can we be successful in our workplace now? How do we get promoted? How do we get raises? Does the book of Proverbs address all that? Actually, it does. There's a number of verses in the book of Proverbs that talks about how we can be successful in our work. And we're going to break it down in an outline form. There's going to be a lot of verses. And you don't have to write them all down. There's a handout in the foyer you can grab on the way out and take it home with you that has all this in outline form. But we're going to look at it really in three sections. The book of Proverbs talks about three different things a wise person does if they want to be successful in work. The first one, number one, is... A wise person, if they're going to be successful in work, must work hard. Must work hard. Laziness is a sure way not to be successful really in anything. Scott Peck, a social scientist who has written some of the most popular books in the field of psychotherapy, here's a quote from him about laziness, and I quote, Laziness is a major cause of evil a primary cause of psychological illness, and the main reason that Americans are increasingly failing at human relations. And I believe he's right. I want you to think about that for a moment because love requires commitment and work. And if people are being lazy, they're not going to expend you know, that kind of energy. So they're going to forfeit meaningful relationships with their friends, with their spouse, with their family members. Raising kids takes a certain amount of commitment and work. If somebody's unwilling to do that kind of work and not raise their kids and put in the time and effort, then that can detrimentally impact how they turn out. Also, church ministry, serving the Lord requires work. I mean, it takes work to really find out what your spiritual gift is, what your calling is. It takes work to fulfill it. I mean, prayer is work. Being involved in relationships, supporting others, serving is work. So there's so many ways that we can look at success in so many areas of life and realize that if I'm lazy in all those areas, then I will not be successful in those areas. So the first thing that the book of Proverbs talks about is we must be willing to work hard. And there's a character in the book of Proverbs called the sluggard. This is the lazy person, the sluggard. And there's lots of verses about the sluggard. Let me start off with the first section of the sluggard. First truth of the sluggard is a sluggard will not begin things. They just won't get started. Proverbs 6, 9 through 11 
How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and your poverty will come on you like a robber, and your need like an armed man. And the sluggard just can't begin things. He just can't seem to get started. The sluggard, he loves the bed, he loves the couch, he loves the lazy boy, and he just can't start that project. Just seem, he can't seem to get to it. So that's the first thing we know about a sluggard. The second thing we know about a sluggard is not only will he not begin things, he will not finish things. If he ever does get started, he doesn't usually finish it. Proverbs 12, 27 so the lazy man does not roast his prey. He doesn't even cook it. He's too lazy to cook. He'd rather eat it raw. But the precious possession of a man is diligence. Proverbs 26, <clears throat> verse 15. And this is the epitome of laziness here. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish, and he's weary of bringing it to his mouth. I mean, he's got his hand in the dish, you know, the bowl of M&M's. And he can't even bring it back to him to eat it. Well, the point being, laziness can cause us to settle for far much less than we ought to in our lives, in our families, and in our church. So the sluggard, he won't begin things. He won't finish things. And thirdly, from the book of Proverbs, he will not face things. Proverbs 22, verse 13, the sluggard says, There is a lion outside. I'll be killed in the streets. This is really, this is kind of humorous now. What he's saying is, is I, he's making an excuse. By the way, a sluggard is not beyond making outlandish excuses for why they cannot work, why they cannot take responsibility, why they will not face up to the challenge before them. And some of what keeps a sluggard from fulfilling their purpose, fulfilling their responsibilities, is fear. Fear that if they do actually make the effort, they might fail. So they'd rather come off that they don't really care, that they're apathetic or lazy than actually risk failing. So they look for excuses on why they can't do the work. They will not face the challenge. By the way, some of you might be letting fear keeping, keep you from fulfilling your purpose. You know you have a calling on your life. You know it. You know there's a certain purpose God made you for. And, and maybe fear is keeping you from stepping out and doing something about it. Maybe you're afraid you're going to fail. My response to that is, so what if you fail? Try something else. Failure is not fatal. And so it's really crucial that we understand that if we're going to be successful, we've got to work hard. We've got to begin things. We've got to finish things. We've got to face things and not be a sluggard. Don't let excuses keep you from doing things like serving in Adventureland. You don't think, well, I, I can't do it for this reason, this reason, this reason. Realize that a lot, a lot of times that's the out for the sluggard. So go ahead and consider, you know, I can do this. I can step up and serve. And don't let, you know, excuses keep you from being part of the Grace House of Prayer, our jihad. We want everyone who considers themselves to be part of Grace Community Church to be willing to be inconvenienced one hour a week in our jihad praying. It's open 24-7. We can help you get your code so you can be part of one of those hours. And so many people say, well, I can't for the following reasons. I know it's hard. I know it's inconvenient. I know it's work. 
but we're asking you to be willing to do the work. Why? So we can all be successful. See, I mean, the, the prayer room is like the furnace room. It's the power room of the church. And whatever level of prayer you have in the church, that's the level of power you have in the church. So we want everyone to own the prayer ministry, not just a handful of people, because it's going to determine what we can do in our community and around the world. And so I urge you to think, okay, I know it's going to be inconvenient. I know it's going to be work, but I'm not going to make an excuse. I'm going to get in the prayer room. And some even also when it comes to being in a life group, I'd say about, about half of our church is in some type of small group, life group, and about half of our church isn't. Now, if I ask the half of the, our church that isn't in a life group, they all have a good reason for that, a good excuse. And typically, you know, you work all, hard all day, you come home, you want to veg in front of the TV, you don't want to go back out and be part of a life group that evening. Well, we're asking you one evening this week, do not just veg. Go ahead. I know you're tired. Go ahead and say, it's going to be hard. I'm going to have to work on this, but I'm going to get to a life group. I'm going to find one that works for me or works for me and my family, and I'm going to maybe visit a few different ones, but I'm going to do the work to get there. It's amazing how many times that once you do that and you get involved, you're so glad you showed up. You're so glad you came. It's like you're renewed, you're refreshed, you got your second wind. But all of these things take work. And these are all crucial things for us to be able to succeed in all areas of life is we've got to be able to do the work. It takes hard work. Some of you guys know about our, one of our newer ministries, international ministries called Source of Compassion, a ministry in Central Asia to street kids. And Nick Norzad, who has taken upon this challenge from God, this calling from God, and he's worked hard to get there. And it's been, it's been a hard work. But he started it, he's faced it, he's finishing it. And this week, this whole project has been fully funded. And we're just, so, praise God. But I tell you what, if, if Nick Norzad wasn't willing to do the hard work, it wouldn't be happening. You look at any ministry in the world, you see, you see a ministry God is using, I guarantee you somebody worked hard for that to happen. Of course, it's the grace of God, but I guarantee you, God wants to use these principles in someone's life and use the hard work to bring about the fruit. So is there something that you believe that God is calling you to do that you just not started yet? Or you just, maybe you started, but you hadn't finished it yet. See, sometimes people retire from ministry while they're still breathing. You don't retire from ministry as long as you got a breath. We all still have a calling on our lives. Is fear holding you back from facing something that God's called you to do? You know, it's don't make excuses. Go ahead and, and, and you know, you, and plus faith and courage rise up and fulfill your calling. One of the things that happens to a sluggard, who doesn't, if he doesn't begin things, doesn't finish things, doesn't, he doesn't face things, is he lives an unsatisfied life. Laziness will never be satisfying to anybody. Here's what it says in Proverbs 13, verse 4. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is made fat. See, the soul of the sluggard is unfulfilled. He's unsatisfied. He wants the things that the diligent has. He wants to, you know, go where the diligent can go, but he's not willing to do what the diligent does. And that's not how it works. So he lives this unsatisfied life. He's craving for it, but he doesn't get it. That is, the, that is what happens for someone who goes ahead and lives a lazy life and doesn't work hard. One time I was in the home of one of our wealthier 
couples who was leading a life group. And, uh, and I was standing by the, the leader of the life group, the owner of the home. And then yet one of the younger guys came in. And I knew this guy. I spent some time with him. This was many years ago. And I knew that he wasn't willing to be very responsible at work. He wasn't a hard worker. He's a pretty lazy guy, actually. And he walks into this nice house. He's walking around the living room and looking at everything going, wow. And he walks over to the owner of the house and says, wow, man, you got it made, dude. <laughs> what he's thinking is, wow, all this got handed to you. When's it going to get handed to me? Not realizing it didn't get handed to him. He worked hard. I know how hard he worked. And it takes hard work to be satisfied. And, see, and so the, the lazy person does not experience the satisfaction. In fact, not only are they not satisfied, their life is full of obstacles because they're not willing to work hard. Here's what it says in Proverbs 15, verse 19. The way of the lazy is a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. In other words, the path of the sluggard is full of obstacles that are causing pain, discomfort, irritation. But the way of the diligent is like a wide, smooth highway. See, if somebody's car is always breaking down, it might be that they're not doing the hard work of maintaining it. Or, like, or let's take a student, college student, who comes and says, you know, that crummy prof gave me a D. Well, maybe you should have worked harder on the paper, and you might not have got a D. See, it's easy to just begin to make excuses and then live this life full of obstacles because... You're not willing to do the hard work. We've seen this in the lives of a lot of needy people that we minister to here in this country, other countries. A lot of people are needy because of unfortunate circumstances. This is true. But a lot of people are needy because they're unwilling to do the hard work to make those tough choices and change their life. See, it takes hard work. I mean, how many guys lose jobs simply because they're not working hard? How many people, how many friendships go by the wayside because someone didn't just keep their word and follow through, you know, do what they said they were going to do, when they said they were going to do it? How many marriages fail because the spouse won't do the hard work in the relationship to, to deal with conflict resolution? They just say, ah, forget about it. I give up. And what happens eventually, the marriage craters. So what happens to the person who's unwilling to do the hard work? Well, the book of Proverbs says eventually they end up poor. Proverbs 24, 33, and 34, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then your poverty will come as a robber and your want like an armed man. What kind of poverty? Well, financial poverty, I mean, you can lose your job. Physical uh, poverty, you don't take care of your body. Relational poverty, I mean, nobody wants to be your friend because you never do what you say you're going to do. Spiritual poverty, you can backslide spiritually. So a sluggard, I'm going to summarize it for you. A sluggard is unsatisfied, unsuccessful, constantly irritated, can't keep a job, doesn't take care of his body, is lonely and a backslider. How many people want that for your life? Of course, nobody does. So we, if we want to be successful, the book of Proverbs says we must work hard. And that person in the book of Proverbs is called diligent. So let me just summarize for you what the book of Proverbs says about the diligent. First of all, the diligent will have plenty. Proverbs 12, verse 11. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread. 
but he who pursues worthless things lacks sense. So the man who rolls up his sleeves is rarely in danger of losing his shirt. You like that? I stole it from somebody. All right, so the diligent also, secondly, the diligent prosper. Proverbs 10, verse 4, poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Proverbs 21, verse 5, the plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. Thirdly, the diligent are satisfied. Proverbs 13, 4, again, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is made fat. There's satisfaction there, gratification. Fourthly, the diligent has more enjoyment in life. Proverbs 20, I mean 12, 27, a lazy man does not roast his prey, but the precious possession of a man is diligence. And last one, number five, the diligent is the one who gets promoted. You want to know how to get promoted? You want to know how to get a pay raise? Here it is, Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the slack hand will be put to forced labor. The hand of the diligent will rule. That means he's going to be the boss or she's going to be the boss. So the diligent worker is the one who moves up in the company. They get the pay raises. They get the promotions. They make the good grades. They get the better job offers and so forth. I mean, you can ask any top executive, what are you looking for an employee? And I guarantee you on the top of their list will be a hard worker. They want somebody who's willing to work hard. So what does the book of Proverbs say? It says, so in light of that, consider the ant. Here's what it says. Proverbs 6, verse 6 to 8. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Observe her ways and be wise, which, having no chief officer or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. Isn't this interesting? Notice that the ant, verse 7, has no, no one to prod them on, no chief, officer, or ruler. See, that's one of the things you see in a sluggard. A sluggard is always saying to somebody, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you remind me? See, the ant doesn't need that. The ant takes initiative. The ant is this hard worker, and that's what we're supposed to be. The ant is diligent regardless of the seasons. The ant's preparing for the future. All these things we see in the ant. One of the things, too, about the ant is the ant fulfills its purpose. The ant was made to do ant stuff. And it does it very well. Now, you were made for something. You have a calling on your life from God. You have a purpose. You have a calling. So fulfill it. Fulfill it, and that's going to require hard work. Now, let me say something about overwork for a moment, because some people are saying, well, you know, we don't want to overwork you know, because that, that can lead to nervous breakdown. I would say that's wrong. Hard work, if, you have, if you're healthy, if you have normal health, hard work, hard work never leads to a nervous break, breakdown. What leads to a nervous breakdown is tension and stress. And so don't ever be afraid of hard work. It's tension that kills, not work. See, sometimes people work too much, not because... Well, actually, they're, they're, working, they're over, overworking because they're driven by fear. And they're not being sustained by faith. Workaholics are driven people. 
A work for them is not an expression of faith, but a search for peace. We're not talking about that. We're talking about when it's time to work, work hard. But again, of course, keep your life in balance. But when it's time to work, work hard. But the sluggard, one of the reasons the sluggard does not work hard is they, because they, 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 don't, they don't have any vision. See, when you have vision, once you have vision, it's the person with vision that then disciplines their, their self in order to fulfill that purpose. But somebody who is a sluggard has no vision. But you have a calling from God on your life. Envision what that is and then discipline your life and work hard to accomplish it. And that brings about great satisfaction. And one of the things that we do around here in our, in our small group, small group, which Tracy and I lead, is we help people discover what their calling is, what your purpose is. We use an acrostic that spells out the word shape. You've been shaped to serve God. The word shape stands for, S stands for spiritual gifts. You have at least one if you're a Christian. H stands for heart passion. There's something you're passionate about in your heart. What is it? A stands for abilities. You have certain abilities that you've developed. P stands for personality. What's your personality type? E stands for experiences, your life experiences. All these things together, S-H-A-P-E, have shaped you to serve God. We want to help you find out what that shape is so you can fulfill your calling. So one of the things that we have developed here in Grace is something we call the shape survey. And we ask people to take it. You can go online, gracearlington.com and take it. We'll give you a hard copy to take it. And then we'll have a pastor sit down with you and actually help walk through your shape survey with you to help you find out a ministry that you might connect with. It's amazing to me how people hear all of that and then half of the people we talk to about that don't even do the shape survey. So every week we're saying, did you do the shape survey yet? No, I didn't get around to it. And I'm thinking, if you're not going to take the energy to do the shape survey, you probably won't do the hard work to fulfill your calling. And so it's going to take work. You're going to stand before Christ one day at the judgment seat of Christ, and he's going to ask you to give an account for what you did with what he gave you. And we want you to do well on that day. So when I'm prodding you, I'm not picking on you, I'm prodding you. I want you to do well on that day. And I know it's going to be hard work in order for that to happen. You need to determine how God shaped you to serve him because you have a calling. Also, the second thing that really drives Tracy and I crazy is, is if we run into somebody that used to go to Grace two years ago or whenever, we see him at the grocery store, and we say, hey, how's it going, blah, 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 and finally, what happened? And the answer so often is, well, we just couldn't get connected. And then we want to pull out our hair, ah, because we're doing everything we do to help you get connected, but you're going to have to own it. You're going to have to do the hard work. I encourage people, visit three small groups before you pick one. People go to one home group sometimes or one life group and say, well, that was weird. I don't know if I want to do that again. Well, you know what? But there's one that's just as weird as you. (laughs) And we have to find out which one that is. So I ask people to visit a few of them. But that takes work. And most people are saying, I don't want to do that much work. But you're not going to get connected without work. You're not going to find your spiritual gift without work. You're not going to succeed without working hard. And so it's so important that we understand that we're going to have to be like the ant and work hard. So I spent a lot of time on my first point, but don't worry. My next two points are going to be brief, but important. But 
The reason I spent so much time on working hard is because the book of Proverbs talks so much about it. If you want to be successful, you're going to have to be a hard worker. All right, secondly, if you're going to be successful, you got to work honestly, honestly and faithfully. All right, here's some verses on being honest on the job from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 10.2, ill-gotten gains do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. Proverbs 13.11, wealth obtained by fraud dwindles, but the one who gathers by labor increases it. Proverbs 20, verse 17, bread obtained by falsehood is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be filled with gravel. Proverbs 21, 6, the acquisition of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor, the pursuit of death. So if we don't work honestly, we're not going to prosper. God's not going to let us prosper. It's going to eventually fail. So cheating, cheating, you know, being dishonest at work, even, you know, don't rationalize and say, well, you know, they're not going to miss it. I can take this home or, or I deserve it. And we start, we start stealing at work or we start cheating. You know, cheating on a test will not prosper in school. And so we've got to realize that, that if we're going to prosper, we've got to do things honestly. I worked offshore in an oil rig before I finished my engineering degree in the Gulf of Mexico. And we worked 12 to 15-hour days. We worked hard, but sometimes there wasn't always honesty. When I was on a boat with some guys, we, we, our responsibility was to fix well jackets. And we were on a big work boat, and we'd go from well jacket to well jacket after we left the big rig. And sometimes we were on a well jacket where we couldn't see anything but water. And one day I was with two guys working. We were supposed to do a repair. And all of a sudden they're getting something out of the boat, and they're, and they're working on it. And I'm like, what are they building? And I went, they're building a barbecue pit. <laughs> and they're building it in such a way they can dismantle it and take it home piece by piece. But as soon as the boat was on the horizon, they put it all apart and they put it back in the boat and hit it. That's dishonesty. God will not prosper that. We gotta just, if we're going to prosper and, and, and be successful in work, we've got to be honest. We've got to be trustworthy. That's what the book of Proverbs teaches. Also, part of that, being honest and faithful, is being loyal to your boss. Even if you've got a crummy boss. Someone came up to me after first service and said, I heard, I heard the thing about loyalty to your boss, but you don't know my boss. But here's what it says. Proverbs 27, verse 18. He who tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and he who cares for his master will be honored. So we've got we to make sure we don't join in workplace slander of the boss. You know why? Because it'll get back to him. Or it'll go back to her. All right? Look at this. Ecclesiastes 10.20, also written by Solomon. King Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes 10.20. Furthermore, in your bedchamber, do not curse a king. And in your sleeping rooms, do not curse a rich man. For a bird of the heavens will carry the sound, and the winged creature will make the matter known. This is a very metaphorical way of saying it's going to, he's going to find out, or she's going to find out. Contempt for authority does not go undiscovered. It gets back to the person in authority. So don't do it. Don't do it. It will work against you. So if you want to be successful in the workplace, work hard. Secondly, work honestly and faithfully. And finally, thirdly, work skillfully. 
skillful. Here's what Proverbs twenty two twenty nine says. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. The reason he stands before kings is he kept getting promoted till he got to the king. Why? Because he was skillful. Let me encourage you, keep improving your skills. Keep getting that next certificate. Keep learning that next skill. Keep reading books. Keep growing. You know, I hear people say, I've got 30 years experience in my job. And a lot of times, you know what that is? That's one year experience, 30 times repeated. They haven't learned anything new. And they haven't developed any new skills. And they're not going to be promoted without doing that. We've got to keep on, you know, developing greater and greater Skills. My dad was just a great example of that. Even after he retired from the Air Force, and he, we could have lived off of his retirement as an officer, but he also, the whole time, his last years in the Air Force, he was reading books and he was getting his MBA. And then he did, and then he became a broker and he developed his own company. He's doing all this, but he's always reading books. My dad was always reading. He was always developing himself because one of the things he taught me was, Gary, we're all minimum wage from the neck down. Say that again, we're all minimum wage from the neck down. If we don't learn some more skills, if we don't develop, you know, some, 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 you know, some greater understanding, we don't keep learning, we're going to get stuck. The book of Proverbs tells us how to get unstuck. Develop your skills. Keep on developing your skills. So here's the three things clearly from the book of Proverbs, very simple, but will change, you know, your future is you want to be successful in work? Then work hard. Be diligent. Number two, be honest, you know, and be faithful to your boss. And number three, work skillfully. Keep growing. Keep reading. Keep learning. And by the way, and that's what we want to do here at Grace Community Church. We want to be a church that is continuing to work hard in ministry. We want to work faithfully in ministry, how we treat each other around here. We want to be skillful. We want to keep doing things with excellence and looking for ways to improve. And I believe the best days at Grace Community Church are definitely ahead of us because just the room in this people, people in this room, we got an awesome room of people, the people we had first service, the people we got online right now. I think our best days are ahead of us, and I think our future is bright because I think we're going to fulfill this kind of picture that Proverbs gives us as a church that does work hard, works faithfully, and works skillfully. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand together, and we'll close in prayer. If you have a prayer need at the end of the service, you can come up front. There will be some leaders that will pray for you. And also, before we close in prayer, I do want to say, too, that over here, Tracy and I would like to meet you over in this welcome corner and, and just, just swing by and say hi. We'd love to meet you. And if you have any questions for our staff, they're back in this corner. They'd be glad to answer them. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your word that you have left us with clear guidance on how to be successful in life not just how to be successful eternally, but how to even now prosper. And we pray, Lord, that we would take it to heart. All of us would be those who really, really follow this model we have in the book of Proverbs as hard workers, Lord, as honest workers and skillful workers. Lord, I pray your blessing on everyone in our church family today. I pray your blessing on every occupation, every workplace, every home, everyone in school. I pray your blessing, Lord, as we walk out these things. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody says... Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great day, a great week.